week of NFL football. What a way to get started. I am hyped today. We're both hyped. What's going on? This is the Final Mind Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. Jimmy Finizzi, New Piano with you. We hope you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We truly appreciate it. Hit us up on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at Bottom Line WMCX. And don't forget to use the hashtag Bottom Line. Neil, I'm hyped up today. You're hyped up, hyped up today. How's everything with you? Uh, I'm doing better since you didn't tell people that they knew the drill ahead of time to follow us on social media. So <laughs> that, that made my day. Uh, no, but I'm doing good. Um, obviously, on Sunday, uh, things did not go the way I was hoping. Uh, yes. More more frustrated, really, than anything else. Last yes. night, though, was obviously really exciting. Um, I think that you look at that game last night between the Ravens and Raiders, and to me, it felt like it was a Madden game because of just oh the amount God. of back and forth. What, we what, had a, what, what game. a freaking game that was. Tremendous finish, really crazy finish. Um, but, yeah, honestly, I think it was just a good week in general. I mean – this was the first, you know, we had fans in the stands again in every oh, single game. And I think that so was the, that was the best thing. I mean, I had the chance to go to MetLife to see the Giants play the Broncos. And it was a full, it was a full crowd. I mean, there were a lot of Giants fans. There was also a lot of Broncos fans. And it mm-hmm. made sense that there were a lot of Broncos fans because I'm sure a lot of fans were like, this is the first time we get to go back and have fans. Let's make it a trip everything like that. Now, obviously COVID is still a a very big thing going on in this world. Um, But it's just great to see that we are allowed to be back in the building and to have that, you know, that crowd noise and just have the crowd around um, the players. It's, it's tremendous. And I'm, I'm really happy that that's the case. Mm. Um, There were some unfortunate injuries, but that kind of comes with it. And, you know, look, this is a 17 game season. And I think, um, I would definitely say that I would say the first couple of games are going to look a lot more like preseason games because a lot of teams are still trying to figure things out. I'm Absolutely. not making any excuses for teams. I'm just saying that if you expected some teams to be coming out guns blazing week one, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah, um, exactly. But that's where uh, some of these teams got to take advantage of that. And the fact that they have an opportunity to maybe get some wins that maybe they wouldn't expect to get because they're just catching a team that's still trying to figure everything out. But yeah, I would say all in all, it was a good first week. Uh, I won my fantasy, uh, won my fantasy game this week. So I'm happy about that. Uh, there you go. And yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what, uh, what transpires starting on Thursday night. Yeah. I, I, I actually won my first fantasy week too. So you and I are in the same boat. So nice. off to a one and all start for the both of us, but no, it was, it was a really, really exciting start to the NFL season. I can't wait to see what's in store for the next 16 games. So let's dive into week one. But before we get started, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube and hit that bell so you don't miss an episode and subscribe on all audio platforms, including Jimmy when searching for this podcast. All right. So today we're going to go over a couple of our biggest surprises and a couple of our biggest disappointments through week one of the NFL season. Again, we know, we want to reiterate, we know it is only week one. There's still 16 more games to go, but you know what? Based on what we've seen so far from a couple of our teams here, there is some questions and there is a bunch of uh, things that we didn't expect from a couple of teams and we're going to get into them right now. So there's a couple of games for me in particular that really, really stood out to me. First of all, even though... We're both Giants fans, and they're a division rival. I hate to admit it. 
but I was really, really impressed with the way the Philadelphia Eagles played. Now, granted, the Falcons are not that good of a team. We get it. But the Eagles just blew them out of the building. 32-6 to was the final score. Jalen Hurts balled out. Devontae Smith had his first NFL touchdown, and that defense, oh boy, that defense really, really showed out. Now, again, we know the Falcons are not that great, but, and I really, really hate to give the Eagles credit because I can't stand the Eagles, but the bottom line is I was really, really impressed with how the Eagles played against the Falcons. What say you, Neil? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that much of a surprise that the Eagles beat the Falcons. Um, I would say that I think most people expected that to be the case because the Falcons are definitely a team that is in transition, um, that is definitely looking towards the future. Um, I still question as to why they went out and they got Kyle Pitts as opposed to taking one of the quarterbacks, but maybe they want to try to do something where they're, they're trying to get one last hurrah with Matt Ryan. Um, Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan definitely looks like the game has passed him by. The offensive line for them is suspect. Um, just just everything that was going on for the Falcons went wrong. Their defense still looks banged up. It still looks like it needs a lot of work. Arter Smith has a lot to has a lot of things he has to get corrected. And, and granted, it is week one, and there's right. 16 more games to go. So a lot can change between now and the end of the season. And then you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think what Jalen Hurts was able to do is he was able to showcase the talent that he actually has. I still don't think that Jalen Hurts is long-term going to be that guy for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what he did show yesterday is something that he showed at both Alabama and Oklahoma when he was in college. He has that it factor. He has that ability to be a leader. He has that ability to come through in those situations and get the job done. And he doesn't always have to look good doing it. But yesterday he right. did look good. Or on Sunday, you know, 264 yards, three touchdowns. The offense was clicking. It was a really good start for the Eagles. Um, and they have to try to build from there. And look, the Eagles are in a position that, you know, sometimes fans actually enjoy being in. And that is where there really is no expectation. Any They're expected to not do well. So anything positive that they do is is gravy. I mean, anything they do is great. They don't have to worry about, you know, necessarily, you know, they don't have championship aspirations or even playoff aspirations. They're right. a team that's also in transition, a team that is, you know, trying to build itself back up. And now, you know, they've moved on from Carson Wentz. And uh, Doug Peterson's no longer there. Now you have a new coach, you have a new quarterback, you have a new number one wide receiver. And it's about just kind of building the team from there. Um, It's hard to evaluate the defense only because again, the Falcons just really are not that good of a football team, but again, for them to come out and have a good start to the year, giving up just, you know, two field goals, the entire game, the offense putting up over 30 points. I think it was a really, really good statement victory. And I think what it did show is that the Eagles, while they may not be one of the better teams in the NFL, they're going to be a competitive team throughout the season. They're going to be a team that's going to give other teams fits that, they, they might play down to the level of competition and the Eagles will then, you know, strike. So I think for Eagles fans, they should be, they should be, you know, obviously happy that their team played um, as well as they did. Just got to go from there. And again, anything good that they do, it's better than what they expected. And, and Jalen Hurts got off to a really good start. 
And yeah. we'll see how he is able to, uh, to continue that and build upon that moving forward. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was, a, it was a very impressive first week for the Eagles. So for one week, Eagles fans are happy, but I got news for you. I don't know how much longer that's going to last because Neil and I both agree that the Eagles are, uh, they're going to suck this year. We, we keep saying it and we're going to keep saying it until we're proven wrong, but the Eagles are going to absolutely bomb this season. They, so they the, the, let, 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 let's face it, Nick Sirianni, first year head coach. I get it, but let's face it. He really does not have that good of a team to help. So we'll see what happens, but they have a much tougher matchup this week at home against San Francisco. Um, oh so yeah. They're going yeah up a, against a much better defense, um, a better offense. So it's just a better team in general, but even I though they almost blew it against the lions, but that's beside the very point. true, very true, which I think is something that the Eagles should be licking their chops with that. If the Detroit lions could score almost 30 points on the San Francisco Niners defense, they can do it too. Um, exactly. <laughs> we'll just, but like I said, the Eagles are just putting on the first building blocks to this rebuild. So it's really a matter of building from there. How, right. You know, this will be a good week for them to evaluate just really how far they've come in the three preseason games and in the mm. first game against the Falcons. Where do they go from here? And being at yeah. home and getting that first win on the road, coming home with the crowd going to be there, I think is going to give the Eagles a little bit of an advantage. And it'll be curious to see what the Niners do. Do they go with Jimmy Garoppolo? Do they go with Trey Lance? It's a really good question. Um, it's going to be interesting to see you know, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, although Trey Lance got his first NFL touchdown pass this past week. So good on him. Congratulations to Trey Lance. So we'll see if he actually gets to start this week. It'll be very, very interesting as a good point by Neil there, but there were a couple other surprises around the league, but there is one other game that stood out to me, but let's just go over a couple more. Um, I don't want to say like huge surprises, but very interesting results. Nonetheless, first of all, the Pittsburgh Steelers going into Buffalo and beating the Bills from not scoring a single point in the first half to all of a sudden their defense showing out, Ben Roethlisberger making a couple of key throws, and the Steelers get a very impressive week one win, 23-16 to over the Buffalo Bills, who some people are projecting to go to the Super Bowl this year. That was yeah. a very impressive statement, week one win by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I was very surprised there. 49ers and Lions, we mentioned that a little bit earlier. 49ers end up getting the win, but I got to tell you, <laughs> that was a hell of a try of a comeback by the Detroit Lions. I mean, the way Jared Goff led them to almost, almost coming back and tying the game, although unfortunately it was not meant to be. 41-33. Now keep in mind, it was 31-10. to Think about that. And they scored 33 points. Now, again, the Niners still ended up getting the win because their defense was able to shut it down late. But even still, I was very impressed with the way the Lions fought and almost came back and almost tied the game. So that was very impressive to me. The Bengals getting an overtime win against the Vikings, I, although I don't think the Vikings are really that impressive. And look, Joe Burrow, if you didn't see it on social media, I predicted him to win comeback player of the year. And so far through one week, whew, I mean, he looked, he looked pretty damn good 
he looked pretty damn good. And Jamar Chase actually caught a pass for a touchdown after dropping ev- almost every single one in preseason. And he actually yep. caught a touchdown pass there. So good on Jamar Chase. Good on the Bengals for getting a, a win there. But the one game that really, really caught my eye was Cardinals-Titans. The Arizona Cardinals look to me like <laughs> I'm not going to say a Super Bowl team like some people are on ESPN, but my God, I mean, that looks like a team that could make a deep run in the playoffs if they keep this up. I mean, Kyler Murray balled out five total touchdowns, including four passing and one rushing. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, what more can you say about him? DeAndre Hopkins is just another in another world in and of itself. Christian Kirk had a couple of touchdowns, but Chandler Jones, five sacks on Ryan Tannehill against a really good Tennessee offensive line. He was the player of the game for me outside of Kyler Murray. The Arizona Cardinals, to me, were the most surprising team in week one. And to me, it's not even close. They looked impressive against the Tennessee team who a lot of people are picking to win their own division. So that was a really impressive statement win by the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I I don't think a lot of people expected the Cardinals to win that game just in general, considering they're on the road, they're in Tennessee. And, you know, the Titans are a team that is not only expected to win their division, but certainly make a run at the Super Bowl. I mean, it's not that long ago that the Titans were up by a couple scores in the AFC Championship game on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs. Their team hasn't changed that much. And they added Julio Jones who took a very, very, very stupid penalty that cost the Titans a touchdown. Oh, yeah, that, you, you, you can't take penalties like that. Come on. The thing about it, the thing about that is simply that I, I'm worried about, you know, Mike Vrabel really, really lit into Julio Jones. Mm. And Mike Vrabel is a no-nonsense. I mean, we talk about guys that are no-nonsense coaches. Mike Vrabel is certainly on the top of the list of no-nonsense guys. He doesn't yep. want... He wants his team to be as disciplined as possible. And, you know, I kind of wonder, you know, with Julio being a longtime veteran now in his 30s, does he, is he comfortable with getting, you know, lashed at like that from his new coach? I, I think that obviously this is not, you know, I would, I would say this to Titans fans. There's no reason to panic right now. Right, I understand right. you look like you looked awful yesterday uh, on Sunday, but again, it's this is one of those teams where you say it's week one relax that yep. division is not really good anyway so they're they're still going to win that division exactly and look they're going to get derrick henry the ball more ryan Tannehill is going to get rolling once they build that chemistry also with julio jones it's going to be fine they're going to be fine it's yeah. not going to be that big of a deal the overreaction comes from the fact that kyler murray looked like an early candidate to win the MVP. Mm, oh, he did. He Four did. Touchdown passes, a rushing touchdown, putting up video game-like numbers, making video game-like moves throughout the throughout the entire course of the game. It was really an impressive sight to see. It really was. DeAndre Hopkins, nobody should be surprised that he had a good game. It's right. DeAndre Hopkins. You throw, you throw the ball up on one-on-one coverage, nine times out of ten, he's going to make a play. Christian Kirk... Christian Kirk has been an underrated receiver since he got in the league. And this is that kind of, I guess you could say coming out party for him. He's just a very, very good slot receiver. And he Mm. proved it yesterday. And look, Cliff Kingsbury, we knew that this was the type of offense he was going to bring in when he got hired to be the Cardinals head coach. 
and they were looking for that quarterback, that that good that quarterback that's perfect for this offense. And Kyler Murray is that. And Kyler Murray, while undersized, has more athleticism and a better arm than a lot of the quarterbacks that are much taller than him. And when you look at it, the Cardinals don't have to have the world's greatest offensive line for them to be successful. The Cardinals offensive line was solid. It was very solid. But how many times did really Kyler Murray stand in the pocket and throw the ball? Not as much. I mean, very true. two, Two of his touchdown passes where he did stand in the pocket and he threw it. And that's fine. But a lot of the time he would, you know, scramble to his left or right and then throw it on the run or stop and then throw it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. What Cliff Kingsbury has done is devised an offense that is based around the talent that he has. And I think that's the important thing. I think it was also good, by the way. I know we talk about Chandler Jones with five sacks. I think it was just great to see J.J. Watt back on the football field and playing. Oh, my God, yes. Um, and having him on the other side of Chandler Jones, I think is tremendous. And once, once JJ Watt gets himself going and can get himself, you know, give it, give it another two games at least for him to get, you know, back into playing shape. Once he gets going, they're going to be really good. I actually think JJ Watt will become more of a run stopper than really the guy that's going after the quarterback because of the fact that Chandler Jones is doing it. And remember, Chandler Jones during training camp asked to be traded. People forget that he asked to be traded before the season began. Now he's still here, and he just proved in week one why he is considered to be one of the better defensive ends in the game. Getting five sacks. Whoever had the Cardinals defense in fantasy got themselves a boatload of points. God. Just single-handedly Chandler Jones. Yep. Um, I was just really taken aback, though, just again, by how dominant the defense of the Cardinals was. Because I didn't think that – I don't think the Cardinals' defense was going to be awful. I just didn't think they'd end up only giving up 13 points and looking just phenomenal from start to finish. Right. And that may, more, and that may have more to do with the Titans just not looking ready to go. That may be the case. But the Cardinals have an easy matchup at home against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings this week. Offensively, the Cardinals should be able to put up 40 points. They should yeah. be able to, they should be licking their chops knowing that they're going to go out and have another field day. Um, usually that's not the case considering how things usually work, but I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, Kyler Murray was really, really impressive. And if he's going to play like this throughout the season, the Cardinals are going to win the NFC West and Kyler mm-hmm. Murray is certainly going to win the MVP. I'm very, very impressed with what he did in week one. And he certainly carried my fantasy team. And so did DeAndre Hopkins. So I'm pretty happy as well. So if the Cardinals are going to be this good, I think my fantasy team is going to be just fine. <laughs> well said there, my dude. But yeah, the, the Cardinals, everybody, well, I mean, not, not everybody, because I'm sure there were a couple of teams that actually did pick the Cardinals to win this game. But mostly people were sleeping on them and not picking them to win this game. And then just they just came out and shut everybody up. So that was very, very impressive. Yep. So my two big surprises because you had you had mentioned the Bengals Vikings game. Yes, um, yes, yes. Thrown out the stat before that that was the first time in NFL history where the game ended in regulation with one team tying it right at the end, and then the team winning it with no time left in overtime. Yeah. So that was kind of the first time that we saw that, and yeah. 
I think one guy you didn't mention uh, that you should have was Joe Mixon. Nearly 30 oh carries. Oh, my God. How yards did I forget him? This is, mind you, because, again, the biggest question mark for the Bengals this year is their offensive line. And they traded away one of their offensive linemen during training camp. And you kind of wondered, what are they going to do? I still think that they should have drafted Penny Sewell over Jamar Chase, but I also Thank understand you. why they went with Jamar Chase. Um, Joe Burrow looked very good yesterday. He uh, on Sunday he looked solid. Um, Got to build on that. They play. Yeah. Granted, they should have beat. You know, I, I don't know if you would say the Bengals were favorite to win mm. that game. I don't. No, know. I, I, I think I think they were um, underdogs in that game. Right, because the Vikings, I mean, the Vikings are okay. They're mediocre, to say the least. They have Adam Thielen. They have Jefferson. They have Dalvin Cook. But Kirk Cousins is still their quarterback. And and (laughs) Exactly. Kirk Cousins. Nothing really that special. Kirk Cousins will win you some games, but I don't know if he's going to be, you know, is he going to be an MVP? Is he going to be a Super Bowl leading quarterback? No. Right. But just for the fact that the Bengals were able to come out and kind of prove some of the things um, wrong that a lot of us were saying is good. But again, we got 16 more games to go. Let's see how things progress moving forward. But yeah, Joe Mixon yeah. looked really good. Um, if they can have this type of balance offensively, they're going to be a very sneaky uh, team this year. And they're going to be a team that's going to win them some games that maybe uh, people didn't expect them to win. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. But bottom line for me, my two big surprise teams, in my opinion, are the Eagles getting a big week one win over the Falcons. Again, granted, the Falcons aren't that good, but I was still very surprised with the way they played. And also, I was also very surprised with the Arizona Cardinals getting a huge, huge statement win over the Tennessee Titans. So those are my two big surprises. Now, before I get to my disappointments, Neil, who were your big surprises? My big surprises. Um, I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor. With the Texans. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. You know, that's look, a good one. That game was obviously supposed to be in Jacksonville. And it was uh and it wasn't it, it wasn't because they had to move the Saints game yeah. because of the fact of her of Hurricane Ida. So yeah, and, and by the way, like, I, I don't mean to cut you off on that, but our, yeah. our thoughts and prayers go out to those victims of Hurricane Ida and the city of New Orleans and those affected here in the, the tri-state area as well. Our thoughts and prayers go out to you, and we hope that you guys are doing whatever you can to stay safe and uh, stay healthy. And uh, yeah, just uh, just keep fighting because we're all going to get through this together. But anyway, Neil, I'm sorry, go ahead. And you look at, you look at um, that game and obviously the big storyline was it's Trevor Lawrence's first game in the NFL. First game that counts. Um, right. And Trevor Lawrence looked like a typical rookie quarterback. He had good, he had good plays. He threw three touchdowns, but he also threw three picks. Yep. That's fine. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like the Jaguars are expected to be a 10-win team this year. No, no, they're, um, they're not going to be good this year. Trevor Lawrence is going to make mistakes, and that's fine. But it was just Tyrod Taylor that kind of like surprised me because, look, we don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to play at all this year. There's a good chance he may not play at all. Yeah. So this is Tyrod Taylor's team. But him throwing for nearly 300 yards, a couple touchdowns, he looked good. Uh, Mark Ingram – you know, and, he, you know, obviously not being with the Texans, had nearly 100 yards, a touchdown, looked good. Brandon Cooks, Brandon Cooks, I mean, is Brandon Cooks. He's he's going to make plays. He's a good player. Yeah. Good wide receiver. But just Tyrod Taylor in general, just playing as well as he did, was um, was probably 
excuse me, was probably the biggest, not the biggest surprise, but one of the bigger surprises for me. Yeah, 100%. I thought the Texans would probably win that game. I just didn't think they'd score like nearly 40 points. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, We'll see what happens moving forward with that. Now, the other surprise, which is one I'm really shocked, Jimmy, that you didn't mention. Jameis Winston. Oh, oh my God. All out against the Green Bay Packers. 14 of 20, 148 yards, which is really not saying much but five touchdown passes. That was really impressive. And I think what you're seeing is the Jameis Winston that we saw two years ago, talent-wise. Yes, Jameis Winston threw 30 interceptions. We know that. But he also threw 30 touchdowns, and he threw for 5,000 yards. Jameis Winston has proven that he is an incredibly talented quarterback that he has the ability to make a lot of big plays. He just makes a lot of really bad decisions. So the thing was is that when the Bucs decided to move on from him and obviously replace him with Tom Brady, the question was where could Jameis Winston go where he could basically resurrect his career? And going to the Saints made so much sense because whoever is in charge of Jameis, like his agent, his advisor, whatever you want to say, said to him, look, You come to New Orleans, you sit behind Drew Brees for a year or two, and then you're taking over the reins. And Mm. Jameis Winston is still a pretty young guy. I think he's 25, I believe, 25, 26. So he's basically right in the prime of his career. And the Saints are obviously still a very talented team. They had to gut a good amount of the roster because the amount of cap that they had to shed uh, to get in the salary cap. But Jameis Winston is a still incredibly talented quarterback. And I thought it was really ridiculous that we were having the debate of, is it Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill uh, is just not a quarterback in the NFL. I'm yeah, sorry. He, he's, 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 Taysom Hill's more of the utility guy with the Saints to me. He's a gadget player and that's yeah. fun. And I, and look, that just means that Taysom Hill is still going to be able to play. It's not like right, yeah. sitting on the sidelines, he's still going to play. Yeah. But what Jameis Winston did was show the world that under the right system, running the right offense and everything like that, he is able to do really good things. And he Mm. really showed out. Oh, and by the way, if this is the Jameis Winston we're going to see moving forward, I'm really excited to see what happens when Michael Thomas comes off the injury. Oh, my God. Because if Michael Thomas is fully healthy and he comes back, that Mm. offense just gets a lot better. And Yeah, that that offense is going to be very lethal. And all of a sudden, we look at the Saints as, as a team that could very well, if they put things together, could very, very well, you know, make a run at a Super Bowl oh, with yeah. Jameis Winston as their quarterback. But oh, Winston yeah. going out. Now, this, again, could be a total overreaction because Winston right. could throw three or four interceptions next <clears throat> week. But right. you just look at what he did, and it was incredibly impressive. Now, they're in Carolina taking on the Panthers, who had an okay game against the Jets. Um, they allowed the Jets to come back in that game after being up 17 to nothing. But the Saints should win that game. Yeah. Quite frankly, the Saints should win that game. And we'll see what happens with that. But, and, and, and by the way, Jameis Winston's 27. He's 27. So he's right in the prime of his career. Right. This is Jameis Winston's opportunity. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do moving forward. But yeah, he was the biggest surprise to me. Um, the, the, the second one was to me, honestly, was, uh, Matt Stafford. Oh yeah. Look, 
I knew that Matt Stafford was surrounded by a much better team that he ever had in Detroit, other than maybe when he had uh, Calvin Johnson. Right. Uh, but what Matthew Stafford did on Sunday night on a national stage was prove that given the right talent around him, this dude is a baller. This dude mm. can win you football games. And he has the most come from behind victories since 2014. Now, granted, he didn't have to come from behind against the Bears. They were winning that game <laughs> right. very well. Uh, Stafford looked good. Stafford looked really good. And with the offense that he's in now with Sean McVay, I just think that they've up, they've certainly upgraded at the quarterback position. I think that Stafford is better than Jared Goff. Absolutely, and yes. With that defense, knowing how good it is, knowing how solid it was, because that was the big storyline last year. The offense was the issue. Not enough consistency. The defense was playing tremendous. And mind you, the Rams, since they made that Super Bowl a couple of years ago, they've made the playoffs every year. And they've yep. lost to some really good teams. Last year, they were in Green Bay against the Packers. Very tough to do. But if this is the Matthew Stafford we're getting, this is an offense that's going to be top five in the league with a defense that's going to be top 10, even possibly top five in the league. You're looking at a Rams team that could very well make a run at a Super Bowl as well. So, and again, all these are like overreactions because it's just week one, but I really liked what I saw from Matt Stafford. I'm Mm. really liking what I saw. And I'm happy that he's finally on a good team where he doesn't have to necessarily be the main guy. He probably still will because he's the quarterback and obviously they wanted to upgrade the quarterback position, but he doesn't have to do it all himself. And that's yeah. the big thing. And, and if, also, if, having if, if he keeps, I, I don't mean to cut you off, you know, I, I'm sorry, but if he keeps this up, he could be in the potential running for MVP conversation. That is very true. And you know, obviously losing your, you know, losing your starting running back in eight in Cam Akers before the season Ugh. began was frustrating. But Henderson did very well, 70 yards, a touchdown. If they can run the football a little bit more, get some more, you know, balance it out a little bit more, they're going to be good. But the bottom line for that is simply that um, both, you know, <clears throat> both Jameis Winston and Matthew Stafford to me were the most impressive in week one. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, like I mentioned before, was really, really good. Uh, and yeah, those were, those were the big positive surprises, uh, for me that stood out in week one. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like them. It's a really good list of surprise teams and, uh, players. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to see what those guys have in store next. Now let's move on to disappointments. Now there are plenty that are running through my head right now, but <laughs> there's one for me that I can't stop thinking about. And I think everybody knows where I'm going. It's the Green Bay Packers. I mean, God almighty. What in the world was that? What what actually was that? Look, they just... Look, you mentioned Jameis Winston and the Saints before, Neil. I was shocked that they trounced the Packers the way they did. The, de- the defending NFC North champions. Defending NFC North champions. And they went out there and laid a complete egg. Not a goose egg, thankfully, but an egg. Three points they scored against the Saints. Three. They just looked flat 
out awful. Now, again, it's week one. I think they're going to be fine. But that was probably the most embarrassing and disgusting performance I've ever seen by a Green Bay Packers team led by Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, had no touchdowns and two interceptions. Oh, and by the way, you want to know how bad it got for the Packers? Jordan Love came into the game. That's how bad it was for the Green Bay Packers against the Saints. And it wasn't even played in New Orleans. It was played in Jacksonville at the Jaguar Stadium, where there were more Packer fans than Saints fans. Thanks. I mean, dear God. So, look, do I think the Packers are going to be fine? Yes. They're still my pick to go to the Super Bowl this year because, let's face it, this is it for Aaron Rodgers. He's leaving after this year. He's gone. That's made. That's been made clear the entire offseason. He never wanted to be there in the first place. And if you saw him in the post-game press conference, he looked disinterested. He looked like he didn't care. And he looked like he didn't want to be there. Even though he said some of the right things, he looked like he did not care whatsoever. So, bottom line for me, that is single-handedly, for me, the biggest, most embarrassing performance I have ever seen by an Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers team. They got to figure it out. Otherwise, if they play like this the remainder of the season, and granted they won't, but if they do, oh boy, oh boy, we're going to have problems. We are going to have major problems in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Now, again, they'll be fine, like I said, but week one, oh boy, <laughs> what an embarrassing performance by the Packers, man. Embarrassing. I think Aaron Rodgers did that on purpose. <laughs> See, that's the funny thing. A couple of people I was talking to were saying, I was like, yeah, I, I, I could see it. I could see it because it's made clear he wants out. So he was like, yeah, you know what? How can I tarnish? How can I tarnish them further? I'll just go out and have the worst performance of my career. No touchdowns, two picks, 100 plus something yards. I'm like, okay, I'll play along. I mean, oh my look, God, man. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is still incredibly frustrated with the Packers organization. We have to be clear. He's not upset with the team. Um, maybe with Matt LaFleur a little bit, uh, but just in general, from the football perspective, he's really like, he's there. That's who he's playing for. Yep. He's not yep. playing for the organization. He's playing for himself and he's playing for the guys that he's playing with. Um, in, in all seriousness, I think it was just a matter of, look, he didn't play at all in the preseason. Yeah. And I think there was just a lot of stuff that needed to get cleaned up. And I think that this was kind of a wake-up call to the Packers in general to say, hey, look, we got to get this fixed because we are, you know, we have we have to be better. We have to be better. And again, it is week one. And it's there's no there's no time to panic or anything like that. It was obviously surprising to see how badly the Packers played and mm. how much Aaron Rodgers just looked completely, you know, lost in many yep. ways. But Look, the, the Packers' next game is at home a Monday night against the Lions. The, the, they, they should, should win no that game excuse. easily. There should be no excuse right. for the Packers not to go out and beat the Lions pretty badly. Oh, yeah. Um, that defense is bad. 
That defense is not good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense is what's going to carry this Packers team again. Yep. And I think in a little bit seriousness, I think Aaron Rodgers tried to prove a point in week one that this team is not that good, that you are relying heavily on Aaron Rodgers, that you are continuing to just rely heavily on Aaron Rodgers, that you're not trying to get better. And that's the problem is that I think the Packers organization has decided over the last many years to just try to put a decent product around Aaron Rodgers, even if it's just mediocre and say, oh, it's fine. Aaron Rodgers will lead us to victory. And nine times out of 10, that'll be the case. But I think Aaron Rodgers wanted to also prove a point. I think the point has been proven that this team needs to get better, not just for this year, but moving forward. I think regardless of what the Packers do this year, I think Aaron Rodgers is gone. Yeah. I can't see him staying in Green Bay. No, no, he's not. He's not. But Aaron Rodgers is not going to tank the year just so that he gets moved. He's going to go out and try to perform and try to do what he can with the team that he has. And regardless of how good or bad he is, it's Aaron Rodgers, and he will get an opportunity somewhere else despite his age. And that's the reality of it. But if you're the Packers – there's no reason to panic right now. You just got to regroup and you got to go into um, you got to go into week two at home against the Lions and just you really should just try to blow them out. You really should just try yep. to make a statement that like last week was a fluke and Aaron Rodgers is fine and everything's OK and you got to go from there. But, yeah, I would say yeah. it's pretty disappointing. Um, not the most disappointing, in my opinion, but certainly the a, pretty disappointing performance yeah that, that's 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 what i was that's where i was gonna lead who's who's your biggest disappointment it's daniel jones i mean yeah that's I, I, that I, that's I, that's no surprise there i mean but that that was one of them that was one of them that was going through my head because in all honest to god seriousness i've seen enough i i, I i've officially seen enough like look because it's, it's been a constant this has been a constant pattern through well let's face it his entire three years with the Giants. He'll play decently. He, he threw for, what, 260-plus yards, I think. He had, like, two touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. But let's face it, the, the, the fumbles are killing him. The fumbles are killing him. He just, he's got butterfingers. He cannot hold on to the football to save his life. And it's driving everybody, including Neil and myself, absolutely crazy and neil i know you were at the giants game which was good on you that was awesome and those seats look incredible by the way but that's beside the point but look i'm with you that was one of them was that was running through my head the packers to me were more disappointing in week one but that man look we talked about it all off season if he cannot get it together he's out and so is gettleman because gettleman's entire career was based on who we drafted Number six overall in the draft, and that is the quarterback. And if he can't keep it up, I don't want him as my quarterback anymore. I, I, I've seen enough. I'm done. I, re- I really want him to succeed, but I'm sorry. It's not as a starter. It's not as a starter. It's a backup job. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so done. I'm so frustrated. It, uh, go, go, go ahead. I, I just had to go on that little tirade. I, I'm sorry. I don't even like, I don't even, Daniel Jones is not even worth the rent to me mm. for me to start yelling and screaming like you just did. <laughs> um, 
because he's just proven time and time again that he is an incompetent quarterback. Um, I'm not surprised. I, I know this sounds hilarious because I just said like disappointment. I'm not surprised though. I don't <laughs> think anybody should be. Yeah. The Giants were not necessarily, the Giants were favored to win that game. Yeah, but like, like what, just, three and a half Broncos points? are not a terrible team. No. By any means. But their defense is good. And Bradley Chubb wasn't even playing. That was the thing. Bradley Chubb wasn't even playing. Yeah. You were hoping that with Saquon being back, Galladay being there, Kadarius Tony being there, everybody literally except Evan Ingram was healthy. Yes. Or healthy-ish. Well, I, I will say this, though. Sterling Shepard looked pretty damn good. Yeah, Sterling Shepard. Well, look, Sterling Shepard's been in trade talks for the last year now, and I think he's trying to prove his worth, not only yeah. with the Giants, but just his worth in general. Yeah, no, that's that's but true. I do want to say this. I get <laughs> why people would get mad at Jason Garrett for play calling. I get it. Oh, oh my God. Oh, this is the most boring. His play calling's off- horrendous. This is the most boring offense in the National Football League. Thank you. There is no, no, you know, imagination. There's no creativity and they don't try anything. That deep pass that Daniel Jones threw to Darius Slayton in the first quarter that was caught was the longest play the Giants ran the entire game. They Mm -hmm. never went back to that play. They never tried to go back to that play. And it's a damning thing on Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett just does not look good. And nope. I will I will be the first one to say that two years ago when the Giants hired him, that I was one of the big proponents of bringing him in because I believe that considering what he did as an offensive <clears throat> coordinator originally with Dallas and even what he did when he was the head coach of Dallas, I believe that he could come in and help Daniel Jones and become better. And that yeah. just was not the case. Yep. But what it also tells you is this. Daniel Jones has been through now, is now in his second head coach, his second offensive coordinator, his second offense, and he still is making bonehead decisions. Yep. And I don't care about, oh, well, he's still learning. No. this is, People wanted to say that this was the last year for Daniel Jones to prove himself. I don't need to go through the rest of this year for, you, for me to tell you that Daniel Jones isn't it. Daniel Jones wasn't it after his rookie year. To me. And I know that most people – thought I was crazy, including Jimmy. And I did give Jimmy <laughs> a lot first, of crap. Yes, at first. I gave Jimmy a lot of crap for being a Daniel Jones apologist for a very long time, including yes. last year. But the facts are on the ground. Daniel Jones cost the Giants five wins last year, at least five wins, with mm-hmm. dumb decisions that he made. The Giants should have won the NFC East walking away. They yeah. should have won it easily. And they didn't because Daniel Jones made bad decisions. You know what was the most hilarious thing when you look at the Giants game? The biggest question mark going into it was how was the offensive line going to be? Other than maybe like two or three plays, the offensive line was actually not that bad. Yeah, no, it it actually looked decent for a change. Winning the football, they were not good. Right. Saquon had no room to run at all. Right. Um, But Daniel Jones – What is so mind-boggling is that in his third year, he still is the type of guy that he will look to one receiver and stare at him, and despite whoever else is involved in the play, he will only throw to the one guy he's looking at. 
He doesn't look through his reads. He doesn't, you know, make a good progression. He will just look to one guy and throw it there. And that to me is not necessarily coaching, but just the lack of belief in himself. Daniel Jones is not confident in himself. He doesn't believe that he can do the things that he can do. Daniel Jones, when he, when the giants were down 20 to seven and they were at the Broncos, like 15 yard line in the third quarter, when Daniel Jones decided to tuck it and run, he was thinking in his mind as he was doing that, don't fumble, don't fumble, don't fumble. He knew he was going to fumble before he even did it. And you mm. saw when he was trying to hold on to the football, he wasn't even holding on to it correctly. He was losing it before he even tried to tuck it. And yeah. he fumbled the football. And that's just that that doesn't like you you can't even get mad about it anymore. You just you just sigh and you just go, well. That's Daniel Jones for you. That's just who he is. He is a turnover machine. Daniel Jones is the second fastest quarterback to get to 40 turnovers in his career Oof. behind Mark Bulger. Oof. And that, and and that then, says something. And Mark Bulger is a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. At least Mark Bulger like what, like one more than eight games in a, in a season. True. Six. To me... You knew that Daniel Jones was going to be bad when he was drafted. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know what to say, Jimmy. I mean, I really don't like it. It boggles my mind that Daniel Jones just continues to do the same things over and over again. And it's like, it's gotten to the, it's really at that point where it's no longer, you can no longer just put it on the coaching staff to say, well, they got to do better. It's, it's actually just quite frankly on Daniel Jones himself. He can't mm-hmm. help himself. He really can't. He he will turn over the football. He will. He is, he will, he's basically turned, he's turned over the ball, I think, in like 22 of the 27 starts that he's had in his career. Oof. Something like that. It was something ridiculous. Sheesh. It was something ridiculous. He just cannot help himself and nobody can help him. And look, I've heard from <clears throat> people saying that Daniel Jones works hard, he tries very hard to get things corrected. But he's just, but it's gotten, to, it's, it's at the point where it's not about like, does Daniel Jones like not do what he needs to do? I, I just think he's just not that good. He's just really mm-hmm. not that good. And I don't know what anybody thought that having a guy come from Duke was a good idea. He's basically Dave Brown. And most Giants fans don't even know who Dave Brown well, is. Yeah, Dave but, Brown. But, but, well, yeah, and we, we've also talked about it. Who out of Duke has been really good? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody, exactly. And... The Giants were hoping to draft the second coming of Eli Manning, and nobody will ever be Eli Manning. Yeah, no, Daniel no, Jones never. is nowhere near Eli Manning. No, Daniel Jones does not have the it factor. Nope. It is not like when push comes to shove, he comes through. When push comes to shove, he fumbles the football. That's really what you say. Mm. And you look at this team, and you say to yourself, weapons-wise, they have really good weapons. Yeah. Their offensive line is still crap in many ways <laughs> yeah their quarterback situation is crap in yep. many ways you might as well put in mike glennon he can't do much worse <laughs> at least we know with mike glennon he won't fumble the, at least we know with mike glennon he won't fumble the football true he'll just stand in the pocket and throw it mm. it's just how how much longer 
is this going to keep going until the, the entire organization just says he's not it? Not only should David Gettleman be fired. Oh, yeah. But Daniel Jones has to go. You might as well trade Saquon because you're wasting his time. And mm. he's also just not, it's just not working out here. And I hate saying this because I like him a lot. But Joe Judge may be on the hot seat. Ooh. Oh, if boy. The Giants, if the Giants win less than six games, right? If they don't even yeah. come close, what's the point of having him here anymore? Yeah, you're trying to change the culture, but guess what? The losing still happens. The inconsistency yeah. still happens. The boneheaded decisions still happen. Nothing's changing. You could do all you want. You can, you can do all you want about changing the culture. But the reality is simply that this is this is still not a good football team. This mm. is not a good football team. And I don't want to spend all my time critiquing the Giants because there's other things that you can put in there. But right. Daniel Jones, I gave up on Daniel Jones week one of last year. Right. I said it over and over again that he's just not a good quarterback. And it's only now that people are starting to be like, yeah, he's it's he's not it. And, and the Giants, this is the most damning statistic I saw. The Giants have gone 0-1 in 10 of the last 11 seasons. The Giants have won 10 games at home in their entire, entire time that David Gettleman has been the general manager of this football team. <laughs> what you saw on the field on Sunday was the product of David Gettleman really not knowing what he's doing. The game has passed oh. him by. You can have experience. That doesn't make you good at all. Right. I would much rather hire somebody who has never been a general manager ever and give them an opportunity because then at least then you just, you don't know what you're getting and you can just go from there. <clears throat> but Daniel Jones is just at best. He's a third string quarterback. He's mm. not even good enough to be a backup in my opinion, because he won't, he's not a guy that you can put in there and maybe he can win you a football game or two. He will find ways to lose games. He will find ways every week to lose games. You know, it's bad when the Giants were able to go to Seattle last year with Colt McCoy as your quarterback and win. Yep. If Daniel Jones was the quarterback, they would have lost that game. I'm telling you, they would have lost that game because the Giants won that game scoring like 26 points and they're, and it wasn't even really their offense doing a whole lot. Colt McCoy didn't shock the world. He just did what he had to do. They simplified the offense and he won him a game. Yeah. And he was able to help them win the game the week before against Cincinnati. But the reality is simply that Daniel Jones is just not a good quarterback. He's just not. And it's disappointing that they continue to put him out there to just continue to see him perform like crap. And this week, literally two, uh, what, two days from now? They play Washington. They're in Washington. They're in Washington. With that defense, oh, and Daniel Jones is going to get sacked several times. He will probably throw an interception. He will probably fumble the football, and the Giants will lose. Mm. I don't have any confidence the Giants will win the football game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, even though Taylor Heineke is their quarterback, I mean, so that that that, that defense Taylor is single-handedly going to win them game. that game. Taylor Heineke can win them games. He nearly beat Tom Brady last year, and then almost came back against. Uh, Los Angeles this past week. Very true. Very true. 
That Daniel Jones is just a bad quarterback. He's just a bad quarterback that will not be fixed, that cannot be fixed, and he will never be fixed. He was never going to be good. He never will be good. This is the reality of it all. You can give him the greatest offensive line in the history of the NFL, and he will still make mistakes because he can't help himself. He can't help it. He will turn over the ball. He will. And the Giants have to, if I was, if I was Gettleman, I would already be talking to my, my scouting department and saying, hey, go, uh, go scout the quarterbacks that are going to be in next year's draft. The Giants mm. have two first-round picks, their own and Chicago's. And yep. both of those picks already look like they're going to be top five picks. Mm. They, are, they both look like top five picks. And if I'm the Maras, if I'm John Mara, as much as I know I don't care about winning anymore because it's clearly obvious. <laughs> right. You have to fire Gettleman. You have to fire Gettleman and you have to get – you have to start over again. Because this isn't even a rebuild. Some people say, oh, this is year four of a rebuild. There's never been a rebuild, ladies and gentlemen. They tried to win by also rebuilding when they still had Eli. And that failed. Which is impossible. Which is impossible. Then they they finally decided, okay, we will get our franchise quarterback. And they got Daniel effing Jones. They could have drafted Justin Fields or somebody like that in this year's draft. They could have done that. And they should have done that. True. The Giants really like Justin Herbert. Mm. You need to tell me that they couldn't have just drafted him and had a QB competition. Come on, man. I, I, I would have loved Justin Herbert. Give me a break. I don't care. Yeah, the offensive line is bad. But the but the reality is simply that Daniel Jones, regardless of how good or bad the team is around him, he will never be good. So that's the that's what I'm trying to say. Daniel Jones is bad. He will continue to be bad. He won't get any better. And yeah, he'll have a couple of games where he actually will look pretty decent, but that's about as good as it's going to get. So I know it's week one and I know there's a lot of football left to play, mm-hmm. but to me, I think the season is already a wash for the New York Ooh. Giants. Daniel Jones wow. is, is going, Daniel Jones is going to single-handedly cost many people, including himself, his own job because of the fact that he will not get any better. Nobody can help him. He can't help himself. And that's the bottom line. And look, again, I, I've i officially said it. I'm officially done. I've, I've, I've seen enough. It, it's just too frustrating. Look, again, I want the kid to succeed. I really do. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not going to be as a starting quarterback anymore. I'm, I'm sorry. It took, it took it, it's just long not. enough to realize that. I know, Jimmy, look. I've, cra- I've crapped on you before about being a Daniel Jones apologist, and most yes. of things, it's in good fun. No, d- d- deserve, deservedly so. But I also got why you were trying to defend him so much, because you want him to succeed. I understand right. now. I, wanted, I want him to succeed. Right. Okay? The people that I went to the Giants game with on Sunday, we talked about it in the car, literally the whole ride home, that we all want to be wrong. We don't want to be right. We don't want Daniel Jones to constantly prove us right every week that he's just right. Yeah. And we don't want to once again go, well, let's just take the rest of the season and the hell with it. No, we don't want that. This, this NFC East is not good. The only team to win a football game in this division so far is the goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Mm. The Cowboys lost, although that they probably should have won if their if Zerline wasn't incompetent. Oh my God! Oh. Washington, they screwed up. 
they had the ball with a chance to win, and Antonio Gibson fumbled it. It cost them the game. Yep. Giants, the Broncos were begging them to lo- to beat them, and they mm. still lost the game. Yep. And this week is going to be no different. Washington's going to come out and kick the living crap out of the Giants' offensive line, and Daniel Jones is going to screw up. You could, He's going to get sacked. He's going to fumble the football, and you'll say yes. Offensive line sucked there. But guess what? Daniel Jones, once again, couldn't hold on to the football. Yep. You might as well just say that he has Vaseline on his hands all the time. Because he literally cannot hold on to the football. But I got, but I sympathize with you, Jimmy, that you wanted Daniel Jones to be the guy. You wanted him to succeed. You're a Giants fan, so am I. But this isn't it. I Mm. spoke to Chief and he said, this ain't it. It's literally... He won't get any better. And everybody's saying, oh, I miss Eli, miss Eli. These are the same people that were calling for Eli to, to, to retire like three years ago. Yep. That only now realize that, oh, you know what? Maybe, just maybe, it wasn't Eli's fault that the team was so ass. You think? People will take Eli Manning now over Daniel Jones. I would. I'm start. I'm starting to be like, let's put in Mike Lennon and see what the hell happens. <laughs> Why not? Oh, let's man. bring in Cam Newton. I could care less. Mm. I still well, think I mean, Cam, in, Cam Newton would be one hell of an upgrade, though. I still think Cam Newton should should go to Washington if Washington wants. Him. Makes sense. Yeah, they should do it today. I think they should do it today, but they probably. Yeah. Won't. I don't know. I don't know why they think Taylor Heineke is going to be the guy. I mean, look. Fitzpatrick's out like six weeks. So yeah, six, you know, six, six to eight weeks. They said six to eight weeks, which sucks. Cause I really wanted to see Fitzpatrick like play. And I, like, I love watching Fitzpatrick play football. Yeah. We don't get that, but <laughs> I, I don't even, like, I really don't even want to watch on Thursday. Like I'm so glad <laughs> that hockey's coming, like coming back this week. Mm, yes. Like, I'm so glad that you and I have like a game to do on Friday. Because mm. I really don't care. Like, I don't care at this point what the Giants do. They, they took all the life out of me. I'm just glad the Raiders were able to win last night. There you go. <laughs> like, that's all I got. That's all I got. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, this is just going to be another year of New York football, including the Jets. Um, they, and you know what's hilarious? The Jets look like a team that's going in the right direction. And the Giants look like the team that has no idea what they're doing. Mm-hmm. The Jets didn't look that bad. Not great, you know. No. You know, first year quarterback, first year head coach. You know, they they lost by five points. Yeah, they they, they, they didn't they look had scored, awful. Zach Wilson actually looked pretty first. decent. If they had scored one touchdown in the first half, they win that game. Yeah. So I mean, and they play the Patriots this week, which they could they could steal a win. I have no idea. It'll be Mac yeah. Jones versus no, Zach Wilson. Could. That'll be fun. But if, if, if it wasn't for a fumble by the Patriots, by the way, the Patriots somehow win that game. But the Giants will live and die with Daniel Jones. Yep. And he won't get any better. So let's just leave it at that. And that's the bottom line. And that's we'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. Who do you have as your biggest surprises and disappointments through week one of the NFL season. Let us know on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at bottom line WMCX. Use hashtag bottom line. And please do not forget to subscribe on YouTube and all audio platforms and hit that bell on YouTube. So you do not miss an episode. Include Jimmy when searching for this 
podcast coming up in the next episode. I cannot believe that we have to talk about this team again and trash them again. But we're doing it anyway, because coming up in the next episode, we will not be alone to discuss this next topic. Mike Scudero, host of the Yappin' Yankees podcast, will be on the show with us to absolutely stab the hearts of the New York Yankees because by God, they deserve it so much. And I cannot wait to get some things off my chest that I have been holding in for the longest time. And Neil, I know you've probably got plenty to say as well. And no. Mike, especially. No, I don't. <laughs> you're, just gonna let me, you're just gonna let me and Mike the whole episode because everything that you guys are gonna say is what I was saying like two years ago. <laughs> so like, there's no, there's nothing that I can add. So you're just, you're just gonna let me and Mike go at it the whole episode. <laughs> I see no, how just, it is, but no, I just won't, I just won't be there. <laughs> but no, in, in all seriousness, it it should be, it should be a fun and interesting episode. Surely there will be a lot of fire being thrown at. So stay tuned for the next episode. Mike's going to be joining us. And also, a little quick note, since Neil mentioned it before, him and I officially start our new gigs with the ProTech Junior Ducks hockey team in today. Somerset, New Jersey. Really We've today. got media day. We've got media day today. And we have our first game this Friday night, 6.45 p.m. Eastern time against the New York Apple Corps. If you're going to be in seven. the Somerset. Is it what's 6.45 that? or 7? Well, 645 is when pregame ceremony starts. So they're going to be starting late as usual. But um as usual. What do you mean as usual? We haven't even started yet. We don't know. You know, you know how you know how opening night ceremonies go. Come on. But anyway. (laughs) So if if you're gonna be last year, Jimmy, last year our first game was literally like it just started right away without anything. No national anthem or anything. (laughs) That is true. That is true. So I mean you know that is true but if you're gonna be New York if Apple you are that's it, that's just such a great name yeah it is it is i mean and it's well, like and i believe also if my memory is correct this is like one of only two games we have this entire month and then we're all I, and then i think we're off for like an entire month or something like that but we have a couple of games in october oh we do i thought we like no I'm, we do i'm trying to think like we're just doing games at the pond i think Yes, but then there are a couple of games against the New Jersey 87s at Jersey Shore where we might be covering the game there. So was, we'll see. I, I, we'll I, see. I broadcasted a game for those guys. And they're oh, uh, nice. That's, that's awesome. A, that's, that's a first class organization as well. They're yeah, very, no, I've, I've, I've heard they, nothing but good things about them. But listen, if you live in the Somerset, New Jersey area, or if you're going to be Somerville, around there this Friday night, it's not Somerset, it's Somerville, in case anybody needed to know, because I went to Somerset <laughs> and it's not there. Somerville. Oh man! It, but... I'm, I'm just telling it like it is. I got lost the first time. <laughs> Put it in Boy. GPS today, and I'll but, be fine. Yeah, exactly. But if you're gonna be at ProTech Ponds in New Jersey this upcoming Friday night, please come on by. We would love to see you. It's five dollars a ticket, but you know what? It will be worth it because it's gonna be a fun night filled with exciting stuff, and it's 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 well, just gonna to, be a fun, exciting free. year with a new team, new possibilities. And hey, Neil and I are still working together. So what more yeah. can you ask for? So please, if you're going to be in the area, please the mar- come on the marriage, by. Uh, the, marriage is, the marriage will never end. Um, <laughs> we're not getting divorced anytime soon. Hell no. Uh, you're, we, stuck we with, a, you're, you're stuck with me. 
Yeah, we, we you're stuck with me. <laughs> we're, we're stuck. We're stuck together until the kids go off to college. And listen, obviously, if you can't make it, you can always watch every single game on hockey TV.com, wherever yeah. you may be living. So it's going to be a fun, exciting season. We can't wait. Uh, we may even post a couple of uh, sneak peeks of interviews later on. So Stay tuned. You might get a little bit of a by, behind the scenes we, on our social media. We, that means Jimmy. I'm not in charge of that. So. <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I mean, he'll record me, but I'm not going to be, I, I don't do, I don't do all the, the heavy work. That's, that's Jimmy's job, <laughs> not me. I just come on here and talk, which hey, is, you're, uh, is what I'm hey, you're, st- you're, st- you're still a hard worker anyway, my dude, you know that. Yeah. But anyway, but listen. I also, in, in, really quick, Jimmy, before we, oh, before sure. we say goodbye. Sure. Um, I don't know if Jimmy mentioned this at all in his social media. Actually, I don't think he did at all. Um, but if any of you guys follow me on Devil's State of Mind or just on social media in general, you know that I was I had talked about for the last couple of weeks that I had, um, including Jimmy as well. Jimmy did it as well. That we both uh, applied to be uh, potential oh, yes. for the New Jersey Devils public address announcer position. Um we both got word yesterday. We weren't told personally, but we found out through social media that both of us were not uh, one of the 10 finalists yeah. for the job. Uh, I spoke about it a little bit on my on social media about you know my feelings towards it and everything like that. Because if you follow me on social media, you know that I don't um, I don't sugarcoat things. I tell I usually tell it like it is. Right. And obviously I'm, I can only speak for myself, but I, I'm obviously very disappointed. I was hoping that I would get an opportunity. And if I didn't, I was hoping that Jimmy would be one of the 10 finalists. I was really pulling for that to be Thank the case. you. But um, it didn't work out that way. But I, I wanted to say for both myself and Jimmy that uh, we really, really appreciate the love and support that we've gotten from family, friends, and other people that we've interacted yes. with on social media. Yes, that you guys you. have, um, you guys pushed us to do this, and you guys, um, you know, you, you guys supported us even if it didn't end up working out. But the good news is, is that that means that we have more time to do bottom line. We have more <laughs> yes. time to do the protect ducks and other things like that. I have more time to do devils. I obviously still have time to do devil state of mind. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of other possibilities out there. And for both of us, things are going to continue to uh, improve moving forward. Um, not to say that they're not, they're not in a good place now, but obviously you want to continue to, you know, move up and up and up and get better and better. And it starts with the Protect Ducks this week and mm-hmm. just the possibilities are endless with them. And, uh, but I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for the support, especially over the last 24 hours has been really awesome. Uh, I personally appreciate it. Jimmy, I know how hard you worked. Uh, on that and I know how much uh, we were both hoping to get at least the opportunity at the end but it wasn't meant to be but you know what Uh, to put it bluntly it's their loss Um, (laughs) they're missing out they're missing out on a lot Uh, but also um, good luck to the 10 guys that are going to be finalists and then we'll see uh, who the final three are when they get an opportunity in about a week or two when preseason starts yeah I just wanted to say that I'll say it again. Also on devil state of mind, probably in the next episode, I'll mention a little bit about it. Um, yeah. Go from there. But, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. 
Yeah, no, and go subscribe to Devil's State of Mind, by the way, if you haven't done so already. But no, seriously, thank thank you for saying that, my dude. And hey, listen, if anything, you're you're more qualified than I am because I'm not a Ranger fan. But in all honest to God seriousness, it would have been nice if one of us did get it. And I said to myself, if I didn't get it, I wanted you to be in the top 10 and I wanted you to get it because you're you're way more qualified than I am considering the fact that you are a Devils fan. You cover the team. You've, you've been a fan of the team for your whole life. You know them inside and out. So you would have been absolutely perfect for that. But I, I do appreciate your support with me wanting to do this as well because you know I have prior PA announcing experience with the uh, Jersey Shore Blue Claws. I did it a couple of years back. So it would have been nice. But you know what? Things can only go up for here. Yeah, we're both disappointed. And we, we do want to send our sincere thank you to everybody who was reached out to us about this throughout the past 24 hours. The support and love has been absolutely incredible and for this podcast as well. So thank you so, so much to everybody who has reached out to us. We truly, truly appreciate it. We love you guys so much, but again, things can only go up for here and it starts this week with us and the ProTech Junior Ducks. Again, home opener this Friday night, 6.45 p.m. Eastern time. If you're going to be in the area of ProTech Ponds, please come by and say hello if you're not going to be the area. Be, be sure to watch on HockeyTV.com. But anyway, that'll wrap it up for us. Let us know who your biggest surprises and disappointments were in week one of the NFL season. For Newville Piano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Peace and take care.